When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of AMA, where I answer your questions. And if you guys have questions that you want to get answered, you can always submit them to AMA at impacttheory.com. If you want to be anonymous, just make sure that you note that. All right. If you haven't already, you guys are going to want to make sure that you get the 2019 resolution reality checklist. Make sure that you stick to your resolutions this year and you can get it by going to info.impacttheory.com forward slash resolutions. It's for free. It's a very simple checklist is going to help make sure that you get the most out of your resolutions. We put a lot of energy into making this thing awesome. uh, So be sure to go check that out. All right. First question is from Impact Theory mainstay, Daniel Breeze. What is up, homie? Always good to hear from you. Your question. Something that I've struggled with for years is the ability to make a decision and follow through without second guessing it. I seem to take a very long time to make a decision and then change it quickly. I realize that this is happening with even the smallest decisions. I'm already, I've already implemented some routines to save myself from having to make decisions, but do you have any advice on how to train yourself to be more decisive? I do, in fact, have some advice, and this is one of those, I hate giving advice like this, but this is true. You just need to start making decisions and sticking to them, even stubbornly on the minor things. Don't be stubborn on the big things, but be stubborn on the minor things to begin to train yourself that what really matters is not necessarily whether you made the optimal decision because that's going to come out over time as you get better and refine your process and all that, but it's to be decisive. Being decisive is the very thing that you should value. And that's the other part of this answer is you have to decide that you're going to value decisiveness. Aha, how's that for a nice recursive loop? So you've got to decide that this is going to be something that you value. You're going to put energy into it. You're going to talk about the fact that this is something that you value and you're going to reward yourself whenever you act decisively. So rather than just rewarding yourself on whether or not every little decision has given you the optimal outcome, instead, you're going to say, I'm going to learn from the outcome. So some of these decisions may actually lead to a suboptimal outcome. That's absolutely fine because I'm not going to worry about any one decision in and of itself. I'm going to take all of my decisions together as a gestalt, and I'm going to think instead about valuing the fact that I was willing to make a decision and knowing that when I'm taking all of my answers all together, that I'm going to learn things and improve that over time. So instead of like worrying about whether any one decision was made and it was perfect and amazing and exactly what it could have been, which causes you to be indecisive, you're going to say, look, I'm going to learn from this one way or the other. The thing that I prize, the very thing that I value is being able to make a decision. All right. That's on all the small stuff. Now I'll say that I carry that through to most of the big stuff as well. Now I try to be very thoughtful and make sure that uh, I'm not going into something willy-nilly, but I really do prize being decisive. And so I'm not going to, with unless I really have some um, new data or something that makes me second-guess my decision, I'm going to say, boom, I'm making that decision and I'm going to move forward. Because one thing that I know is you can always change your mind. You can always begin going in a different direction. The thing that becomes terrifying is when that becomes your default. The going in a new direction 
is the default. So I would rather get going, get some momentum going, head down that path. Even in moments of doubt, I'm going to keep going until I have data, until I have something that just tells me empirically, this is the wrong answer. And by the way, the data has to be pointing at something new so that I see, ah, this is a more effective way to go. I have the data to back it up. I'm not just second guessing myself. I'm not just trying something new for the sake of being new. I'm really saying that, hey, if I don't have new data, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep learning. And I know that uncertainty Certainty is a part of this. And I know that self-doubt is a part of this. And I know that what I have to do is stay the course, value decisiveness, and keep going. Now, you guys would be probably a little bit shocked to know how often I'm leaning on that, that I value decisiveness and that I know in the wash that you can begin to, um, over time, that you can begin to uh, change your course a little bit, to re-navigate, to apply what you've learned. It's very rare that you just like do a full 180 and about face. So um, I've just found that momentum Momentum trumps almost everything. Now, having said that, you have to be learning over time and you have to understand that you're going to make dumb decisions in the beginning and that you've really got to be learning from those. That is absolutely critical. But at this stage in my life, because I trust myself to assess and that I won't go, oh man, I promised myself that I would keep moving in this direction. So now I have to justify that it was the right direction. I'm going to go. I'm going to see things through. I'm going to probably 70% of the time, I'm going to see it through even if I'm like, oh, towards the end, I'm not quite sure if this is the right thing. I know that I need to get it across the finish line to really be able to accurately assess whether or not uh, I made the right decision in the beginning, whether I just lost at something that was the right answer and I just failed to uh, be able to make it a win, or if I really just inaccurately assess things at the very beginning. And instead of beating myself up over the fact that I inaccurately assess this at the beginning of the journey at that moment of decision, I'm just going to learn and say, I'm going to apply these learnings to the next decision. And over time, like a good algorithm, you guys are going to get better and better and better. And more of your decisions will be the right ones in the beginning. So just to put um, one final nail in this coffin, the only thing that will really destroy you is indecision. That is the thing that I think that you should avoid like the plague. Look, try to make the right decisions at all times, but don't be paralyzed by indecision. It is far better to run a thousand miles in the wrong direction, thousand miles an hour in the wrong direction than it is to stand still. Why? Because mistakes are a an information rich data stream. And as long as you're looking at it like that, that, hey, as long as I'm moving, as long as I'm doing something, then there's something that I'm going to be able to learn from this. Then you'll be able to make the most out of that situation. All right. I hope that helps. That's something I think a lot about, something that I'm really obsessive about. So I highly encourage you to take that advice and run with it. All right. Next question is Julian Ferrara. I recently started a new job that's commission only, and it is not exactly paying as well as I was told when I started. My partner makes a decent living, but she's tired of carrying the team and hinting that I need to figure it out sooner rather than later. I am new to the job, and I know that the money will come with time, but time is the issue because she wants to start a family soon. Should I stick to this new job and wait for the money to come, or should I try to find another job that will at least have a consistent paycheck for now? All right, so for now is a very dangerous statement. So this is one of those, there's no right or wrong answer. There's only what you value and what you want out of your life. So I would honestly start from that perspective and really think about what it is that you want. So follow my logic here. So if what you prize in life is safety and security, then you should absolutely give up the um, commission only job because there is no safety and security. If on the other hand, what you prize is learning and you prize opportunity, then you're probably better off sticking with it because getting kicked in the face and knowing that paying rent 
depends on your ability to figure this out is pretty powerful motivation to get better. And the thing that I love about the market is that you know whether you're doing the right thing or not. Because if you're getting the result that you want, then you're improving and getting better and you're doing the right things. If you're not getting the result that you want, then you need to improve. And there's just no middle ground. It is very binary. Either I was able to pay my rent off the back of my ability to sell or I'm not. And if you're not able to, then you need to look at one of two things. Either the product is shit and you need to turn and run in the opposite direction and you never should have gotten involved with that in the first place. Uh, And I'll define shit as it's not adding value to the customer. So you're trying to sell something to people that don't need that One, I just think that that falls into a pretty morally gnarly place. And then also, I think that it's just it's just bad mojo to try and sell things that people um, don't need. It is far better to focus on things that really add value to people's lives. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part is that you really want to be looking at um, improving your skill set. So if you say, all right, I'm looking at this. This is definitely something that is either neutral or actually beneficial to people's lives. And so now I'm going to really learn how to be a salesperson. That's an incredibly powerful skill set to be able to develop. And it is so obvious as to whether or not you're developing the right skill set because you're either making it work or you're not. And that's an area that I think more people should put in if they really value learning is being able to see if what you're doing is actually being effective. That's one of the things that I am over the moon excited about with impact theory. It's like, this is either going to work because I figured this shit out or it's not going to work because I don't figure it out. And the binary reality of either you make enough money that this thing becomes self-sustaining or you don't motherfucker. And that is it. Like there's just something to that, that I find absolutely intoxicating. That's what ultimately drew me to entrepreneurship, even though I don't have entrepreneurial instincts, but I love I should say I didn't, I had to develop them. But what I loved was that if I don't figure this out, I lose. If I do figure it out, I win. There was just something about that that really appeals to me. So that's what I think ultimately your decision-making needs to come down to is not like there's a right or wrong answer. It is simply if you prize safety and security, you've made the wrong play. If on the other hand, you really want to see your energy and efforts um, rewarded or punished by the marketplace, then keep going. Um, But I think that being in a situation like that, if you um, don't have a lot of people, like if you have kids, this gets a lot dicier because A, you've got to make sure that they're safe. You've got to make sure that they're secure. You've got to make sure that they're fed. Those are responsibilities I would take in the utmost. And that's part of the reason I don't have kids was I always wanted to be able to um, put myself in a position where it was do or die just because that, um, I love that. But assuming, let's set that aside for a second, assuming that that's not your situation, getting in a do or die, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing to really see if your skills um, are developing the way that you think they are. I think that that is super, super powerful. So that's my advice. All right, next up. Tomago. That's a cool ass name. I am currently looking for a job and it happens that one of my closest friends is also looking for a job in the similar industry. We regularly share with each other job opportunities and our progress. I really want my friend to get a job and be happy, but at the same time, I cannot help but feel a ping of jealousy when she tells me that she got an interview and I feel extremely horrible for feeling jealous. I feel like I have two personalities inside me, one who wants my friend to achieve, one who is jealous of what she achieves. How can I stop 
stop being jealous of others? Do you have some advice on how to cope with this? Yes. So first of all, I don't think you need to worry about not being jealous of other people. I think that that is a natural human condition. What you need to do, however, is turn that jealousy into a habit loop trigger that reminds you to help empower them, to uplift them, to cheer for them, to feel good for them. So you're going to have that pang of jealousy, but you can use that as the reminder to be like, I want good things for this person. I want them to crush, but I also want to win. Like I want to, I want them to be at their best. I want them to be, I want to help uplift them, empower them, push them forward. But at the same time, I want to win, man. Let me tell you, there are people right now in this industry. In fact, in fact, Let's take Jay Shetty. I fucking love that guy. Like legitimately as a human, I've gotten to know him. He's a beautiful person. He is even cooler in real life than he is on camera. The dude is just amazing. But I want to beat him. And that motherfucker is so far ahead of me that like it drives me bananas. So in the same breath, trust me, if anything ever came to me and I had an opportunity to help push, promote Jay, in fact, what I'm saying now, the dude is amazing. And he is just beating me in terms of social following because he's outperforming me. Like that's the reality. Like he's just making better decisions than I am as much as that pains me. But I want to see him crush. And on his best day, that's the day I want to outperform him. So to me, like that is, if you can be truly uplifting and really be stoked for them. And when I see Jay crush, like I am stoked for Jay. I want to see him continue to do cool shit. A, because he's actually helping people. And I think that says a lot about Jay. I think that his advice is real. And if you take it, it will make your life better. So him winning is not only good for him, it's just good for the world. But I think that it is very okay to have healthy competition with somebody. So when it becomes toxic, when it's like eroding your sense of self, when you secretly want to see them tripped up, that's when it's doing something dark to you. Like even forget about them. Like that's just a bad headspace to be in for your own sake. But wanting to win, wanting to outplay people, wanting to outperform, I think that's awesome. And I think that it inspires us all to go really ham and to do our thing. So I wouldn't worry about that, but I would worry very dramatically about letting that spiral you into something dark. So get really good at using that as a habit loop trigger to remind yourself of the person you want to be, that you want to be empowering, that you want to be uplifting, that you want to make people feel better about themselves when you're when they're around you than when they're not. Because that is a rad place for you to live. And so it, like at that point, it almost doesn't matter about the other person. It really comes down to the mental space that you want to live in, the mental space that we're all neurochemically rewarded for existing in. And I will just tell you, man, that is a way beautiful place when you can want good things for other people. And I would focus on that. I would make it a value. I'd make it something that you reinforce in yourself. And I would use that little pang of jealousy to your advantage. All right, there it is. Next up, anonymous. I'm currently struggling with I'm currently struggling a lot with my inner demon and I have severe anxiety. I had a terrible year in 2018. I got suspended from uni and I had to go home. I studied abroad for 8 years, so being forced to come back home was very weird. I am gay in my hometown nor my parents' siblings know. I got into my first ever relationship with a guy here. He is awesome, and I had never felt ha any happier before, but my inner demon consumed me a lot. I have tried meditating, writing my symptoms down. I went to a psychologist. I'm listening to your podcast all the time to keep my sanity. Is there any recommendation you could offer me to do more? Any book about self-love? How can I be confident in a relationship like you and Lisa? How do I practice self-love? I'm very lost. I'm afraid. Okay, so man, self-love sounds like the exact right place for you to start. There's a book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. 
When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, by Naval Ravikant. I believe I'm almost certain that is correct. And that book is this really simple practice, essentially, and I'm oversimplifying, but it's pretty damn close, of looking yourself in the mirror and just saying, 
I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. It's crazy the power of repetition. But there's, I'm guessing, there's based on maybe where you grew up and the way that you were raised, that you have a value system or belief system that is in conflict with how you feel. And getting those two in line, while it isn't going to happen overnight, it is very possible to adjust your values, to adjust your beliefs. Um, and it's, and, and maybe this will help. Let me just love you for a minute and tell you that it is absolutely fine. Like whoever you are, if you're not hurting other people, man, that is some beautiful shit. Love yourself. Be honest with yourself. Like even when people have pettinesses and insecurities, I'm saying like, don't even be afraid of those. You're still worthy of love. And something about who you find attractive and who you love, man, to me, that just does not fucking matter. Like, do you bring love to not only yourself, bring love to somebody else? And so in those dark moments where you're not able to bring that to yourself, replay this and know that I've got nothing but love for you. Um, I think that it is absolutely essential that each one of us finds some way in ourselves to really find love with who we are. And now I'm going to say the hard shit, which is, are you doing the things that you need to do to have self-worth? Because I think that this is one of those areas that people don't talk nearly realistically enough about because loving yourself is very different than believing that you have done things worthy of your own respect, which is totally divorced from anything like sexuality. This has to do with doing the hard things. So showing up and working out, taking care of yourself, eating right, um, might I suggest taking cold showers, which has been something that I've recently embarked on. And man, staring at that cold water nozzle and knowing I'm about to turn this on and blast myself with some ice cold fucking water. When you do it, there's something super powerful about that. So I want to separate in your mind because I think that they really are two separate things with self-love, love yourself right now, today, mistakes, foibles and all, all of that stuff and who you're attracted to and who you love just shouldn't even come into that equation. It just, that is what it is, man. And then the other one is make sure that you're doing things that you respect and value. And if you're leaning into that and doing things and make you feel better about yourself, you're going to develop that confidence that I think, and, and look, you didn't talk about that here. I'm just saying this is something I've seen a lot of people struggle with. And you've really got to separate that out because um, just telling yourself that you love yourself when you don't feel that you're doing the things you need to do to earn your own respect, that could be an invisible factor in all of this. So that's something that I would very much um, look out for. And then, man, if if you're in a relationship, you want to know how to have a relationship like Lisa and I. So first of all, you're going to have to just let go of any judgments that you have on yourself about being in a gay relationship, like literally let that shit go. And then just focus on, do you make that person feel better about themselves when they're around you? Man, that is such a rad headspace to live in going back to the previous answer. Like just wanting good things for somebody, being supportive of somebody, um, letting them feel feel like really internalize how much you love and care about them. That's huge. And then what I'll call the Daryl effect for anybody that saw the eighties movie, uh, Daryl, which I absolutely loved, like being vulnerable and opening yourself up to somebody and sharing with them. Like there's just some raw beauty to that. And for whatever reason, nature has taken it upon itself to make sure that we're rewarded when we really open up and connect with people on a raw level. And that was really hard for me for years. I hid my anxiety from Lisa. One of the dumbest things that I ever did because I thought she wouldn't be able to be attracted to me. I didn't think she would finally find me manly if I um, really told her how anxious I was feeling and how the anxiety had been building and building and building for years. And then it got to the point where I couldn't even talk to her family in a living room setting. Like there was four or five of us. I couldn't even tell a story. I was freaking out panic attack. Like it was 
pure insanity. I mean, just pure insanity. And so finally, I pulled her aside and I said, look, I have been developing increasing anxiety for years and it's really gotten out of hand. And in that moment, like she felt so useful, like she felt like she could be there for me and really support me. And me being vulnerable to her made us both feel more connected. And then I felt more supported. It's just it's just rad. So getting to that point in the relationship is, again, it's totally divorced from whatever you're going through with your family and, and um, you know, having a hard time being open about who you are. And look, I do not want to downplay. There could be some real consequences emotionally um, with coming out. So fully, fully understand that. Not, I don't want to belittle that or cheapen that. Um, but when you can finally step into who you are and really own that and the better off you're going to be. And I think that it will really help your relationship to, to finish that sentence. And then I will say that people will treat you exactly the way you let them treat you. And I think that all of us have a responsibility to ourselves to be aggressively ourselves, to own who we are, to be that way. Um, and to not let people make us feel badly about that. And look, that doesn't mean that you need to go and be tyrannical, um, about it, but it does mean that you're going to have to stand up for yourself. And it does mean that you're going to want to spend less time with people that are judgmental, cruel, whatever the case may be, um, for who you are. And that is some shit. And I wish that nobody had to deal with that. But unfortunately, uh, as you well know, that is something that we all have to deal with. And in that moment, they're going to treat you the way you let them treat you. And again, that doesn't mean that you have to fling feces and freak out, but you need to protect you. You need to decide who you're going to give your time to and how that time is going to be spent. Um, and, and that can often come with some hard choices. So, uh, but that is my advice. I think the, the you side of things is very different from just the relationship side of things. That's all about making that person feel better about themselves. It's about finding a way to connect, to be vulnerable, to be supportive of their vulnerability, um, to grow as human beings together, to push each other, to hold each other accountable. That's like a whole set of stuff. Uh, and then the other side, again, self-worth, um, owning who you are, and then you know making sure that you um, either don't spend time with people that don't treat you the way that you want to be treated or that you at least make it very clear what your boundaries are so that you get treated the way that you want to be treated. All right, there it is. Good luck with that, man. That is not for play. I feel what you're going through. All right, before we go on, I want to take a quick second to talk to you guys about today's AMA sponsor, which is Skillshare. These guys are amazing. You guys know I'm completely obsessed with skill acquisition, and Skillshare is an online learning community that facilitates exactly that. They have more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more. You'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. You can take classes in social media, marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration, whether you're looking to discover a new passion, which I can't believe even I said that you're not going to discover it. You're going to develop a new passion, which is exactly what Skillshare is about. And you can start a side hustle, any of that stuff, gain any new professional skills you want. Skillshare is there to keep you guys learning and thriving and reaching those new goals. And I am going to punch myself in the mouth after this for saying discover. I can't believe that. All right, we don't discover passions. We develop them. You guys know my tirade on that, so I will leave it alone. But Skillshare is really rad. We do use them here at Impact Theory. Um, just some amazing, amazing stuff there for you guys. Uh, so dive in. Join the millions of students that are already using Skillshare today with the special offer just for you guys. You're going to get two free months of Skillshare. That's right. Skillshare is offering Impact Theory listeners two months, which is amazing, of unlimited access to over 25,000 free courses. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash impact theory. Again, 
That's Skillshare.com slash Impact Theory to start your two free months now. All right, one last time. That's Skillshare.com slash Impact Theory. All right, next question is from Mitchell Lawrence. I've started 2019 with a full focus on myself and my goals with an F patience attitude and a growth mindset, my man, to implement studying for my new passion, exercising, uh, exercising, integrating positive self-talk and using a planner to organize everything all on a regular basis are just a few of the ingredients to this New Year's focus. With everything I'm trying to implement in my life, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed by it all. It feels like I do not have enough time in the day to do all that I've set out to do. Are there any strategies you can provide in helping to get myself better organized and not feel overwhelmed? Yes. All right. So first of all, really getting in tune with your body and understanding when you begin to feel overwhelmed. That is step number one. Step number two, overwhelm, I think is actually a very specific thing that begins to build up in the mind. And when it goes unchecked, then it becomes a problem. What you have to learn how to do is catch it early and then simply, I don't have a good way to explain this. What I do is I think of it as letting go. So I try to embody letting go. So as I feel that overwhelm sense coming where you almost get panicky, it's like you just let it go. So I'm relaxing all of my muscles in my body. I might even change my posture. This sounds stupid as I say it, but this is actually what I do. And I just imagine letting go. I slow my mind down. I diaphragm, breathe. I think meditative thoughts. Like, okay, those are all the things that I actually do. And that sense of really um, imagining letting go, relaxing my muscles, diaphragm breathing for me stops it in its tracks every time it is insanely powerful. Now, here are things that I suggest if you if you aren't practiced at meditating yet and you don't know how to um, do that sort of letting go, when you're beginning to get overwhelmed, remind yourself the whole point of life is to enjoy it. So there is no point in putting all this stuff in place and doing your head in and like going so ham that like you've stopped enjoying your life. So whatever you need to do, take a 10 minute break, a 20 minute break, an hour break, whatever you need to do, put on some music, have some fun, and then just be honest with yourself about what are your goals. So if you've got these goals and the goals demand that you put in a certain number of hours, you're still going to have to put in those hours. So don't take too many breaks. Don't make the breaks too long, but also burning out, hating life, wishing you'd never set the goals. Like all of that would make it completely pointless. So at the end of the day, our decision should be based on our goals, but our goals should be something that's actually serving us and serving fulfillment. Now, the crazy part about fulfillment is that it's often born of doing the hard things. So this is not me saying, hey, if, you know, you're getting overwhelmed all the time, then you should just kick back and play Fortnite. That's not what I'm saying. But there is absolutely a perfectly, um, a perfectly a perfect moment where you could go and play Fortnite or whatever it is that you want to do to chill and relax. And really my thing comes down to if you're leaving it all out on the field, when you're playing, you're all the way in, you're really pushing, you're really striving, then you're not going to feel badly about taking time off. So beginning to listen to your body, knowing when uh, to do that release, knowing when to just relax and play for a minute, knowing when to take time off and do something that is intrinsically pleasurable. All of those things are very important skills to learn. And so, yeah, let me tell you that when I need time off, I take time off and I do not feel badly about it because the rest of the time I'm just going so ham. So remember, it's all about 
fulfillment. It's all about having that sustained sense of pride in who you are and what you're doing and what you're accomplishing. And so anything that begins to erode that needs to be looked at. It needs to be examined. And you need to practice meditative techniques, relaxation techniques, being very quickly able to get from that sympathetic fight or flight response to the parasympathetic rest and digest. Um, I think that's super critical. And then one thing that I'll just throw out there for everybody. And look, if you're already feeling overwhelmed, this is not the time to do this. But one thing that will allow you to build up your ability to withstand things like that is stuff like cold exposure. And if you haven't seen the uh, Wim Hof episode, watch that. That was the thing that finally put me over the edge was I just realized if I could have that kind of control over my nervous system, I, I had to give it a shot. And I found that your ability to do hard things is greatly increased by having a daily practice where you're doing something hard. And I have met few things that are as simple and effective as cold exposure. So yeah, again, wait until you're not feeling overwhelmed to start that, but it's been a very effective practice. And then if you're feeling overwhelmed, increase, um, I think you said you're doing a meditative practice, um, but I would increase the time that you spend doing that. And remember, meditation should be pleasurable. It should actually be enjoyable. And if it's not, it's the only time I'll say that you're doing meditation wrong is if when you're doing meditation, it feels like a chore. Meditating when done right feels like literally feels at a um, neurochemical level. It just feels rad. And if it doesn't feel rad, then you need to keep experimenting with um, meditation practices until you find the one that does make you feel at a neurochemical level rad, because it is very, very possible. All right, next up. Serena TV. What is up, dude? It's been a while. I hope you're well. Uh, your Overwatch mechanism. Do you have any theory as to what's happening in your brain that allows you to be acting, thinking, feeling on one level and then simultaneously have a background awareness of what's happening? So uh, I have no idea what's happening at a neurological level, um, but I think that this is something that is universal to humans is that we really do seem to exist on multiple levels. It's pretty fascinating where you've got the, and I'm not even talking about the default network where you lose conscious control. I'm talking about there seem to be two planes at least. And, and we're very rapidly going to see that this is all stuff that I just have sort of a layman's um, experiential um, relationship with. And I do not have any scientific information to give you. But I will say anecdotally that what it feels like is I have two levels of consciousness. Level one is, hey, I'm talking like right now as I'm doing this, I am hyper aware of what my next sentence is going to be. And so I'm existing both in actually making sure that I take the time to articulate it and knowing where I want to take this. And so our ability to have those two different levels is almost certainly something you can train and um, that is something that I have trained very actively on impact theory, where I'm trying to, um, hold the next question in my mind, which, oh God, if you guys could crawl inside my head and know how often I'm like repeating a question in my head or trying to keep my hooks in something, uh, so that I don't forget it. And at the same time, really listen to what they're saying so that if they say something, that's even more interesting then we can go down that path. And that was something that I actively set out to practice. I was like, okay, I'm going to see how long can I hold on to that? Can I make sure that I, you know, I started this sentence and am, am I able to get back around to it? And if I didn't after the episode, you know, I'd really focus on, hey, you weren't able to do that and what happened and, you know, how do I keep that going? So it's definitely something that you can practice. 
It's not the easiest thing in the world that I've ever practiced, but you definitely can practice that. And so really beginning to strengthen that, um, I think is, is super useful. And to your point, my overwatch mechanism is something that has really come in handy. And part of the overwatch mechanism also is just having rules, um, that you abide by so that as you're getting caught up in something that the overwatch of knowing what to do in the next situation, that you don't have to always think through everything that you have just sort of a pat answer for something. So, um, I am sure you guys have heard me talk about this, but I have a growing obsession. Um, and I'm actually working on a book on this. So I'm doing two books. I can't remember how much I talked about this. Um, so we have, uh, deadlines. I know that I, uh, for a while was working on one version of the book. It's, it's morphed now. Um, but hopefully, uh, this one will actually get across the finish line and it's, um, book two is going to be around values, beliefs, habits, routines, and identity, and the way that all of those things really make up who we are. So one of the ways you can strengthen that overwatch is by having those beliefs um, and values and, and bright lines and things in place so you already know that how you'd react to something so that it doesn't take additional mental resources. All right. Um, next up, faith olive. How do I find the balance between getting everything accomplished and allowing the rest allowing for rest and downtime. I have recently found that I have a neurological problem and now have a lot of self-confidence. Now have a lot of self-confidence because of all the things I was able to do before being diagnosed. However, I find myself pushing really hard to get things done and then I'm miserable for several days and basically sleep 14 hours a day. Thanks. All right. So I don't know if this is a recent phenomenon in culture. Uh, we'll call it the Instagram effect or if this is a forever thing in humanity. I'm not entirely sure. But driving yourself into the ground, I actually don't understand it. So I think this comes from a place of guilt or shame or something like that. Uh, it certainly comes from your highest value isn't fulfillment. And if your highest value were fulfillment and you saw that as the very point of your life, then you would realize, hey, go ham when that's meaningful to you. Go ham when you're getting better and stronger and it's adding to you and making you more capable of making your life better and making other people's lives better. And it is rad and fulfilling you and you love it and it is the shit. Like that's when you should be going hard. But as soon as it starts taking away from you, as soon as it starts eroding your sense of self or your ability to enjoy your own life, uh, then it doesn't make sense. And so people beginning to break themselves down, I think is born out of not really understanding or I shouldn't say understanding, not really believing and making a guiding light in your life that you only do and believe that which moves you towards your goals. And if you know what your goals are and you're still driving yourself into the, driving yourself into the ground and that's not moving you towards your goals and you're doing it anyway, it's like you're violating principle number one. So I think that really getting clear on what you want and really being objective about whether what you're doing is moving you towards that goal or not is the key. And this is all that nuance, man. This is that advanced class shit. The reality is you're probably, if you're anything like me, you're going to have a massive impetus to just chill all the time. And you're going to realize very quickly, huh, that doesn't move me towards my goals. And then you're going to go ham and you're going to have the impetus to like keep going and do everything and like really like be impressed with yourself and outlast everyone. And then at some point it's going to become corrosive. And if you keep pushing, then you're going to realize, huh, that also does not serve my goals. And then you'll begin to adjust, adjust, adjust course until you find that not middle ground, because to me, this isn't about balance, but you'll know when to push and you know when to relax. Now, 
for those that want to hear that it's all about relaxing, I'll say that easily I spend 80% of my time going ham, but I know when to pepper in that 20% to make sure that I'm not physically overwhelming myself, I'm not emotionally overwhelming myself, that I'm taking time to do things that are pure play. I think that stuff is really important to feed the human mind. So there it is. Get after it. All right, next up, for Farah? Farah or Farah? I find that I am hesitant to share with most people any good content, products, etc. For example, I find that I don't want to share Lisa's podcast or your podcast. I don't want to share certain amazing books I have read. I don't want to share some good health habits I have. I pick and choose what I reveal and to whom I reveal it to. It probably is some kind of very weird competitive thing. I desire this habit. I despise this habit in myself very much and want to be more real with people. I was wondering if you could offer some insight as to what I can do to not be such a miser in this regard. All right. So the good news is you've got the self-awareness to realize that you're doing it. Uh, the bad news is you've accurately identified why you're doing it. So my gut is that you want to be better than people, that that makes you feel good about yourself. And I have had people way too close in my life that had this mentality and they would refer to themselves as takers. Like they would say, I'm a taker. Like that was actually their identity. And I thought that's so crazy. So it all comes down to what headspace do you want to marinate in? Like, where do you want to sit and live and exist? Like I was talking earlier with Jay, I love Jay and I will always do anything I can to help and push and promote because the dude is rad and he makes people's lives better and he's fucking incredible and he's helped me and you should go subscribe right now if you haven't to Jay because Jay is fucking amazing and he will make your life better. Now, having said that, I want to win. I want to beat him. I want to help more people as ridiculous as that sounds. So, but that's the reality. I really do. And so when you get into that kind of headspace, it feels good, man, because I know given the opportunity, I'm always going to help him. I'm always going to push him. I'm going to do anything I can to promote, to help all of that for Shwayze. But at the same time, I'm trying to sharpen my own skill set. I'm trying to get so much better. And the irony is if he came and asked and said, dude, you're doing this thing, but I don't understand it. Will you teach me? I would teach the shit out of him, even knowing that that's going to make it harder for me to win. But at the same time, he's done that same stuff for me. So it becomes this like, it just feels good. So when I think about Jay, when I see Jay, when I'm around him, I feel good because I feel connected to him. I feel supported by him. I enjoy the feeling I get by supporting him. So it's just, it's a fun headspace to be in. I like the headspace of wanting to be the best that ever lived. And I like the headspace of helping other people be the best that ever lived. And when you can get into that zone, it's just rad. But it comes down to what you value. It comes down to the rules and beliefs that you have in your life. Like when people are rad people, like it is just, the funny thing is I've never thought of it as a rule, but absolutely to be the person that I want to be, I'm going to help them. I'll even go out of my way to help them. So that kind of thing, just have that rule. Have a rule in your life that says, I'm going, when I learn something awesome, I'm going to make it available to anyone that's interested. And if you have that rule, then you're either living in accordance with that rule or you're not. And I think that when you live in accordance with that rule, you're going to see like, whoa, like this actually feels good for me. And also here's a sad reality. As somebody who spends as much time as you can imagine trying to put out every rad thing that I come across to put it out into the world that hopefully more people will adopt it. Man, people just don't adopt it. So here's the fucking sad truth. Even if you wore it on a t-shirt, even if you tattooed on it, on your forehead, you tried to tell everybody, let's say you had a podcast and a YouTube show and you went crazy, literally dedicated your life and your fortune to finding a way to give this stuff to other people in a way that they couldn't avoid it, which is my life. It's still hard as hell. And so unfortunately, 
you actually don't have to worry. So if you really need some safety blanket of knowing that you're still going to be badass and that you're going to be able to rise above most people, just know most people will not put in the work. That wounds my soul in a way that I can't even begin to tell you, but that is the reality. So so that you can live in a cool headspace. Just know that helping people feels amazing. And even if you dedicate your entire life to giving away every secret that you know, only about 5% of the world will take you up on it. Oh, what a heartbreaking place to end. But nonetheless, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you guys so much for your questions. I always appreciate it. Much love to everybody out there. By the way, if you're joining me on the fast, I'm doing it. I think it'll be over, sadly, by the time this goes out. But just in case this comes out, um, I'm in the middle of a five-day fast. Do the hard things. I think it is rad. It will empower you. I'm also doing cold exposure. Hopefully, you guys are joining me on both those challenges. I've been talking about them on social. If you are, more power to you. Stick through it. On the other side of this, you'll be a more powerful individual, I assure you. And if you're not, hopefully, next time you will join me on this stuff because it is amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much again for joining me. If this is adding value to your life, I would really appreciate it. I am desperately trying to get into the top 100 uh, podcasts. Uh, on iTunes. It'd be amazing if you rated, reviewed, and shared. That would be huge, huge, huge. It helps more than you can imagine. All right, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.